When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. did uh two movies that were christmas films and then i showed up and ruined everything oh this is your fault yeah i forgot i I thought that this was a kyle pick and it made more way more sense in my mind you know so oh so we'll talk about the story because this is my second time i've watched this movie this year and it's also the second time i've ever watched this movie so this so you're with, saying that you had the opportunity to make the right decision here and you and didn't you, yeah I no chose so not hear me to. out hear me mm, out mm, I, I feel like, like I signed a week. check that I felt like I had to cash okay and so what happened I was at a I was at a convention by myself I'm gonna assume scares that care and at one point I was like oh John Carpenter's vampires is on Netflix let me pop this on I've never seen it before. And I think I messaged you guys, and the exact text was, it could get bad from here, but I'm 20 minutes into John Carpenter's Vampires, and this shit is perfect horror movie night fodder. And I still stand by that statement. Mm -hmm. It's Acts 2 and (laughs) 3 where it gets murky. But I still wanted to talk about it because I do think that, A, this isn't the worst John Carpenter. There There are still worse John Carpenter and B, I really do think that up until 
the cast gets dwindled down to three people, this movie fucking rules for the first like 15, 20 minutes of this movie. I, 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 dude, I watched, I had to watch this in two parts. One, because I ate too many Doritos the first time. <laughs> and it was so unrelenting that Carly and I looked at each other when 50 minutes left and we were like, we, I, we have to chill the fuck out. Yeah. Like it was, it is unrelenting. But I, the first, act feels John Carpenter like and even somewhat into the second act because you get that priest monologue and you know you get some real Carpenter-esque shit but it also is his it's maybe not his worst it's certainly his most misogynistic I was about to say this fucking sucks dude I I hated every second of this I really was so uncomfortable so I picked this I put it on the list. I was like, fuck it. I, I couldn't think of anything else that I want to watch. This was, if you remember, I had a different movie that was picked for a specific holiday. And then we switched around the schedule. And I was like, fuck, this doesn't make sense because it's not on the day anymore. Um, I'm sure so that I, was my fault, but I also don't remember. But so I quickly switched it out for like there whatever else was on the list. 500 movies on your long list. I know, but I knew picked. that this was still on Netflix. I'm like, all right, this is something that's easily accessible. But so so here's here's the like dread of picking this movie, <laughs> right? So I'm like, okay, it's on Netflix. It's easy for people to access. We just had to move this movie that I was really excited for us to talk about, but now we're not going to talk about it until sometime in the fall of next year. And I'm like, all right, it's available. I remember the first 20 minutes being really good. Like, let's just go for it. And and literally it's in it's in the ether. It's picked. It's it's on a, it's on the list. We're doing it. And then a friend of mine, um, Jim Verrill, who writes for Pace magazine, released a list of the rankings of all of John Carpenter's movies. And literally he put this, I can't remember if it was the bottom or second to the bottom, but he was like without a doubt the most misogynistic movie John Carpenter Whoops. made. And I read it and I was like Oh no! <laughs> so how and how many weeks did you have to between reading that and us discussing that? That was like a it? week and a half ago. I was like, oh no! <laughs> I've got some good news for for all of us here, which is like I don't particularly like this movie that much either. Not so, good news. So you don't we have to protect. To watch it. You don't have to protect my feelings. We can just go I'm crazy not gonna, on this. I'm not um, gonna do. But I, I hated, will. I I hated I, the look, first act too. I don't know. Oh, I don't see, understand why you like the oh, first act because it's all fucking garbage. Because James Woods, fucking well, James conservative Woods talk yeah. show James Woods comes in and he's like, hey. F word. Look, no, there's like, some problems. <laughs> I'm not saying that there's not. This movie I will is say, so misogynistic and homophobic because he's like, mm-hmm. hey, hey, Padre, did you get a fucking hard on when 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 you were doing this thing? Like, wh- why? Dude, James Woods is so fucking insufferable in this. And there's no relief in Danny Baldwin. There's no, no relief <laughs> for us. Fucking bad. Like, because like, he's and, the worst. He, and and it's it's a weird situation where he's like almost gonna rape the girl who gets bitten by the head vampire. But he's like, I took your clothes off. I seen your titties. I seen your cooch. I seen it all. I'm not gonna rape you. And then he's like, I'm in love with her. We're a perfect <laughs> couple. Like that, dude. Like it's a quick, like the quickest awful. switch. It was, it's, but it's based awful. on a book, which or, makes me wonder yeah. if the fault falls on the author of the book. Do you know who else was in the running to make this movie for like, because they've been trying to make this movie since that book came out in 1992. Why? Fucking why? Um, why? Peter Jackson at one point was going to make it. Sam Raimi at one point was going to make it. 
Ron Underwood was in the running, oh, like fresh off bizarre. the heels of Trevor. This is fucking amazing, and I just don't realize it. <laughs> you know, well, so the S in vampires in the novel is a is an American dollar sign, which uh, are you serious? Does, yeah. Holy yeah. shit! Is that on Horrifines? I didn't have it. I uh, I, I thought I had it once. No, I know I would have I would have just sent it to you. Uh, obviously. No, I, I don't uh, want it. That's <laughs> fucking book. It was going to be your Christmas present. I'm looking at my notes, and I mean, I guess Kyle and I are both in the like, hey, the first 20 minutes are insane and fun. I got be- I got two pages of notes. I'm good. Oh, I my notes miss. literally stop <laughs> stop at what is about the 15 minute mark. And then it's like an hour later, the note is man, the rest of this movie gets real bad. (laughs) (laughs) You know what this movie felt like to me? And, and and I don't think I'm not giving, I'm not trying to give Carpenter any benefit of the doubt here. I, cause I think that the movies that he's emulating in this thought process are also misogynistic and trash, but like this feels like his, like his Fulci or Bava movie. In a lot of ways, yeah. where it's just like this sort of unrelenting, like uh, fucking macho, like it just oh, it, it, like it just made me so uncomfortable. You and know what? Like, unfortunately, there's no like translation for me to get lost in. You know no. what I mean? Like, <laughs> I have to take it's very straightforward for me. Um, and, and it just kind of felt like it just kind of felt like a extremists like like fantasy mm-hmm. you know yeah. like i was just like this is well james woods lot. definitely had is that right yeah no, but, no but doubt this he is, had to this is the thing that bums me out is a couple things first of all like reportedly john carpenter was ready to retire from filmmaking after uh escape from la because he was just like <laughs> oh i realized <laughs> that i terrible yeah, he's like, well, he's like, oh, I've lost the joy of filmmaking. This isn't exciting. And then he read the script for this and was like, ooh, what? this is something I want to sink my teeth into. What? That ma- like, I'm like, ooh, I don't like that. But then also he chose James Woods over. Originally, he wanted Kurt Russell. And I'm like, would this movie be so much more digestible if Kurt Russell was walking around? Because yeah. I do think that you're right. I think James Woods had a lot of input on how this movie flowed to a certain sure. extent. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think if it was Kurt Russell, I would buy into how this character being a lot cooler than I think James Woods expects me to think this character yeah, there's, is. I think that, I think that, I, I think that there's definitely potential for that. And I don't even think that like, it's necessarily like James Woods and what he brings to the table. I mean, it is, it is like, this I can't, still no, I can't James Woods. Like you yeah. watch, right. I mean, I know that we're, Oh, 15 years removed from um, Videodrome at this point when this came out, right? Uh, maybe yeah. maybe about 15 years. But, like, he obviously had no say in that movie, and he's just a blank canvas, and that's good. Yeah. But in this movie, he's full on. He's, he's just full. playing James Wood. Yeah, James yeah. Woods. Like, I, I actually stopped writing down his character's name. And I was just like, James. <laughs> yeah. For these guys, ha- first of all, their vampire killing shit looks so dumb. Yeah. So dumb. It's awful. <laughs> so dumb. Um, and 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 also his vampire killing squad of like elite fighter warriors, they, they suck. They that suck. First they fight, suck. They are getting their asses handed to them by one fucking vampire. One, and bit, then but like, that is the part I I will say that the peak of this movie 
is maybe the three minutes of that vampire is just like splitting the guy down the center, yeah. like oh, punching that's, that's his hand a, through his chest. Time. No, no, no. Oh, that, okay, that's sorry. fine. No, I'm talking about when they the very intro of this when they go oh, to that yeah, nest yeah, yeah. and they're getting their shit rocked by rocked. one fucking vampire. It's, it's by a, one vampire. Quote, 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 unquote, a goon, which is like the non oh, the non original. Whatever, you know, dude. Yeah. Whatever. But no, well, that's the that adds to the that adds to my whole fucking thought process about this being this sort of like fucking extremist militia. And I understand that they're vampires. I understand that like they are like this evil evil thing right but it's like i hate the othering of them so mm. hard and mm. then they also apparently exist in this world where people don't believe that they exist you know like they have that but there's conversation like I love the thousands just, of them the, the, all the <laughs> right they, they, this, it's an open secret because the guys get drunk they're like they're already gonna get laid they don't mm. have to brag yeah. Those women are obviously prostitutes. Um, <laughs> like, this, is, this transactions happen. It, it, the money has changed hands, and then they're like, "Yo, ladies, we're vampire hunters. Doesn't that make our cocks look bigger?" No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, doc. What, what? What did they even make those those spears out of? Uh, those things. Oh, look like those things foil. are crazy, dude. Those look like also, they were like why? left over from laser blast. <laughs> like they fucking. <laughs> <laughs> their insanity and i love that like they're so thinking committed she, but i, I like they're, yours way better they are so committed to the fucking bit that like especially towards the end where it's just the three of them versus the master james or the master and like whoever's left right it's just like james would just like hand me that like that's the only thing that's gonna fucking save them and i'm but, like and it didn't even work when they were work when they were fighting against one single woman who was like not even really Oh, and also, okay, so maybe she was an amateur vampire. I, she vamp was obviously an amateur vampire, no, but she. But that's the thing is, like, there are six of them, and they had Danny Baldwin out with the fucking the 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 crank on the front of the the jeep or whatever. He was cranking something out. Yeah. Sure. Well, also, well, how fucked would it be if? And I know this isn't an original concept, but I was I was really feeling it when the original Padre that they had with them in their their group is like doing christian prayers over these these charred corpses what if these fucking dead vampires were jewish or non-religious and and he's right. defiling their corpses by praying to their a god they don't believe in you know that's like a, that is that's absurd. fair like that's fuck fair. you but you know what he did get that's his head fair. blown off with a shotgun shortly <laughs> i did love that part yeah but <laughs> that's I, what i mean I, that hotel scene the hotel is scene, really the only scene you need because in this whole it's movie. robert rodriguez dude yeah. that's why you like that scene and like so i i hate to break it to you but yeah I don't think that anybody would be surprised if you picked From Dusk Till Dawn and you still can as your double feature because that would totally save That's your what night. this is. Well, so this is the only other note I want to mention because <laughs> the establishing shot of this hotel scene is that this is a fucking like Motel 6 in the middle of nowhere. But with the divider open, somehow it's like a wedding suite. Like it is the biggest <laughs> two rooms Huge, I've ever dude. <laughs> like, How are you going to have an orgy? I'm like, Otherwise. there are like 50 people roaming around in this motel room. And like, I can't even go to a comfort inn and fit a fucking air mattress into it. And you've got like 50 people roaming around. Like, Man, I'll I was, tell you, there, the, there was something that where, did you hear James Woods? Like, he called the head vampire the F word, but he also said something to the effect of, he called him like a fashion victim, and I was like, dude, this is the fuck. He's just like about you. Yeah. <laughs> the only difference is that his leather coat is longer and black. He looks like somebody who wants to own a motorcycle and doesn't. 
<laughs> Dude, he wants to own a motorcycle, but he's too embarrassed that he can't afford a Harley. So that belt right there, that brown belt, mm. doesn't even match the brown of his bomber jacket. And he's wearing no. black gloves and he's wearing acid wash jeans. He is a fashion victim to the nines. Mm -hmm. Dude, the fucking, I would let that vampire go down on me. Because, you know, that is absolutely cunnilingus. Right, if that, that was doing. what we, if that was the choice that we had to make, if, like, because the F word was tossed around so Suck much. the blood from my nuts, dude. I'd, yep. like, I, and then let James Woods kill me. I don't care. No. But, like, listen, you know, I am all for cunnilingus in popular movies and TV because yep. it needs to be normalized. That's what I loved about Bridgerton season one. That's what I fucking loved about Bridgerton season two because it is just as obvious. It's not as often, but it is like so intensely like mm -hmm. I am going down on you. Right. Um, I'm making like, a choice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kyle, do you have a drink for this? I'm drinking sip of sunshine because all oh. you need is a little sip of sunshine to put you out of your misery if you're a vampire. And, um, and man, that and with those wrists, wanna... with those fire wristlets. Yeah, great, dude. Uh, you know what I wish is that we could double feature this movie with Easy A and just have that card that she has opening up every time. I gotta, I gotta fuck up a little sunshine. God, that movie's so good. I want to ask one serious question because this movie <laughs> seems to lean into all of the other vampire things like sunlight kills them. Uh-oh, here's a well, cross. That's not great. Everything about it. But how did he get into the hotel? No one invited him in the door and he just Holy like stamped shit. in. <laughs> like, Listen, it's a hotel he probably paid. Oh, oh. true, 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 true. Oh, Listen, yeah. we're, we're putting way more thought and effort into that than John Carpenter <laughs> fucking did. Or Literally, the guy who like, wrote the story. I was so, I was sitting there, I'm like, how, who invited him? <laughs> Which one are you? I like how you're like smacking your hand, your 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 hand on the table, like Jay Jonas Jameson. Like that's your just getting, so disbelief. that was where I was over. It was done. So listen. So this is the thing that I really don't miss about early 2000s. Is this 99? What this is like 98, 99, 99. Yeah. Well, let's just call it millennial horror, where there was this whole big thing where they were really awkwardly trying to deconstruct classic monster mythology and i mean they did it in dracula 2000 a bit i mean i liked dracula 2000 i would watch dracula 2000 any day over this fucking movie ever yeah again. i think dracula 2000 is gayer too which is definitely oh it's so much gayer. well let's not call it gayer let's just call it campier because campier, like sure. I, I think that calling it campier means that there is love for the yes. subculture there and That's also fair. the reason why it's way more entertaining to watch but, mm -hmm. um, you know, like when James Woods and the, the, the new Padre are in the car after he beats the fuck out of the guy and he just, like, forgives him. I guess that's Catholicism in a nutshell. Saying, he's a good Christian. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a good Christian he's boy. Typically a Catholic, dude. Uh, that Roman Catholic is uh, – um, but anyway, so he, he's in the – they're in the van and he's beating the fuck out of the dude. He's not, like, even phased by it. He's just like, well, it just reminds me of my days in seminary. And he <laughs> – so he's like, so Padre – Listen up, I'm gonna give you the 411 on, on what you don't know about vampires because you've never seen one before. They, 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 you only can kill them by staking the heart, but also if you put them out in the sun, it kills them too. Uh, <laughs> but he's like, garlic, it just means they're gonna bite you in the asshole. I mean, like, what, dude? I don't, I, I don't miss this whole like deconstruction of uh, this, this like machismo deconstruction of characters, uh, of monsters that we love, like. I like somehow that. he knows better. Like somehow yeah, James well, like, Woods like just yeah. like knows. But better. it's also like he has to like sprinkle in his fucking macho bullshit. But mm. I I don't miss this whole. This ain't your daddy's vampires. Exactly. <laughs> you know I mean like it's, I love deconstructing uh, werewolves and 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 you know like creature from the black lagoon or I mean I fucking I think that. Um, 
Cabin in the Woods is fantastic, and it right. kind of pokes holes and 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 makes pastiches about all these characters. But at the same time, there's love for it, and I don't feel like there's love for vampires in this movie. I think it's just shitting all over Anne Rice because Anne Rice was popular in the '90s, and yeah. I think that that's really. It's just so much James Woods. He just sucks. It, like, can we start a GoFundMe to get him to go the fuck away forever? <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I think if anybody feels so strongly the way that we do about James Woods, uh, I would just suggest watching the scene of him getting pulled from the crucifix over oh. and over again and just pretending that that was real life because holy he shit. He would have next snapped. He would, he, have that would not have saved him. He would no. be fucking dead. Yo, and I, they tried I, to slow it down to make it not look as bad. Did he do a <laughs> that or was that a, mom, uh, uh, a dummy that was No, that was there. for sure a dummy, but at the same time, it's like, Because that is bro, like concussion like, city. That was, easily, that if was not hardcore. Well, that's, I rewound it twice to watch. I laughed so one hard. Of the, uh, one of the other big strikes against, I mean, there's a multiple strikes against this movie but like part of the thing that is really broken with this movie is that ultimately i'm like i feel more sympathy for every vampire in this movie than any of the heroes i'm like oh yeah it's almost like to a certain extent there's a there's a version of jaws where you can f- kind of feel bad for the jaws because like the shark's just being a shark the and jaws? Like, we're, <laughs> like, we're, we're the ones that are that are invading his movie. world but yeah. like uh yeah i just it's like just let the vampires be vampires. Clearly, no one's missing any of these people. <laughs> no, no, no. I think even the cardinal, like none of it. Yeah, yeah, no, fuck that guy. As I was watching them talk about this, it kind of reminded me of Buffy and Angel, and he spent what a hundred years or something like that eating rats and sewers. I, I think that's pretty admirable, first of all, and 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 also it didn't kill him. This is cathartic, though. So I really, really appreciate you picking this, Matt, so that I could talk about it. I guess. There you go. But um, You're welcome. See, I'm a good guy, and people should like me. I love that for me. <laughs> I love. <laughs> Damn it. I'm just stealing all of Kyle's quotes. Uh, People don't know that you're that there's a third host. They just think it's Scott doing two voices, <laughs> unless you're on the Patreon. You know, some people have said that I sound a lot like Kyle. Yeah, Matt, I've heard that too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. 
to entertain you, we'll sing your songs. Hey there, are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Well, anyway, now that we've completely lambasted Matt's pick, <laughs> two in a row, by the way, although I would watch Eaten Alive any day over this. Say I, mean, I almost bought Alive. it. I almost bought it the other day. It was like, <laughs> it was used uh, at the archive. If anybody's near Bridgeport, Connecticut, you have to go to the archive. That's Vinegar Syndrome's store. I want to go. We'll Just, make a trip I, mean, I want to see you, but also, I mean, I want Yeah, wanna, yeah, yeah. Even if you don't come see me, you can still, I I'm not going to come to the second smallest state in the union and not fucking <laughs> come visit my friend Kyle. All right, so Matt. I think that we've said enough about We've said this. a lot. So We've said a lot more than I expected. So what, what do you want to put your double feature at with this? Well, you didn't have to call me out so hard in this episode, of course, <laughs> I had from Dustil Dawn. You all remember down. this is Matt's pick, right? <laughs> so, oh, that's uh, But this whole thing is actually Kyle speaking in Matt's voice. Yeah, <laughs> yes, goes nobody ways. knows who anybody is. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, from Dust Till Dawn was obviously my pick. I had a backup pick when I forgot that I was going to go first on this. But. But I, I, if neither of you pick my backup pick, I'll also mention it. Uh, Kyle, go ahead. I this is gonna be uh, this is this is dirty of me. Um, I picked another just severely misogynistic movie called Raw Justice. I was watching this movie, and Raw Justice is a what a surprise is a is an erotic cop thriller starring Pamela Anderson, in which she also mm. is is fucking smacked around by two men all like all throughout the movie. Look, I don't, I don't want to watch both of these movies together. I'm just saying if it's the vibe, this is the, this is the movie that paired in my head as I continued sure. to watch John Carpenter's sure. vampires over and over again. It's not a yeah. double feature. I want to sit and watch. It yeah. just happens to be like, I was like, oh, this feels like this, and I couldn't get it out of my head. I'm just excited that next week's movie has no violence towards women whatsoever. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I'm going to go with a palate cleanser. I'm going to go with Vamp, because we already nice. have the, the prostitutes in that section, and then we have... I mean, I know that Vamp isn't... They're strippers, um, but... Uh, you know, but so it's implied it's, that there's some seediness going I, I on behind do, the scenes. Yeah, I yeah. do think that uh, Grace Jones' character, yeah, it's the diaspora of uh, of sex work. But yeah. um, I would say that Grace Jones' character is is actually a prostitute in that movie. But mm -hmm. she just she doesn't she's when you're about to pay her, she actually just takes your blood instead. Right. So I mean, win win. It's but a yeah, it's so, a it's a currency conversion situation. Yeah, she's yeah, running yeah, a regular uh, bordello it, of blood in that movie. Uh, <laughs> I would never pick that one though. Uh, my 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 backup. Sorry, Phil plan, Fondacaro. <laughs> yeah, my, my backup plan was uh, Near Dark, which uh, catches catches a way better like vampires in the old west. There is oh, one yeah. very Five. Near Dark moment. Oh, oh, at the end when Danny Baldwin in um, Cheryl Lee's character are like, "We're gonna live in this van and yeah, continue." Forever. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm so, so disappointed that you guys didn't go with Priest because that's just a vampire western and it's so good. Yeah. All right, and so, we watched that this week, this year, right? Yeah, so Scott, you got year? any other questions for me? Um, yeah, why didn't you pick Priest? Don't you want to watch Priest again in 2022? Uh, no, uh, Matt, what is what have you watched, read, experienced that you want to talk about? 
Uh, I'll keep it brief. Uh, you know, Scott's already pretty upset about my last two picks, so I know I'm he not hated. I'm upset. I'm making it up for the show, and I know he's he hated, doing a bit. He's I know doing he a bit. Hated this movie that I actually liked quite a bit. So we'll just we'll keep riding that train. Um, I finally watched last night in Soho, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I oh, thought, it was fine. I didn't yeah. hate it. Oh, I thought you hated it for some reason. No, yeah, I said I hated it. It's definitely not Edgar Wright's greatest achievement, yeah. but. I think it's fun. I think it's a nice little psychological thriller with like some weird sci-fi elements to it. And mm-hmm. it, it's, it's doing a lot. Um, and it moves like for a two hour movie. It didn't feel like two hours when I was watching it, which is sometimes a huge compliment. I, I don't know if it's one I'm going to run right out and rewatch, but uh, you're not going to buy that on blue. Oh, no, no, no. Listen, we're recording this just before Black Friday sales ah, hit, and I'm sure ah, if I happen to find myself inside of a Target or a Best Buy and that's oh, on oops. sale. Whoops. What happened? What did end up in the oh, car? No. <laughs> I just came for a chai tea at the Starbucks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if I if I find myself inside of a store on Black Friday and it's like five bucks for last night in Soho, I'll grab it. Like, But it yeah. it's continued my theory that at least... Edgar Wright continues to be a director who I will watch anything he makes at least once because he is a good he is an interesting filmmaker if nothing else. Last night in Soho liked it. All right, Kyle, give me what you got. Uh, well, so how do we feel about? Because I would imagine you guys maybe have some things to say too about Hellraiser. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, we can talk about this. Okay, all right, all right. I, I watched Hellraiser. Um, didn't foresee it being two hours. Um, (laughs) didn't, didn't think it needed to be two hours. You didn't check the runtime? Um, no. (laughs) You know, for somebody as excited as I was, I really, I kind of went in, I went in way more blind than I never watched a trailer. Like you, you got excited about the trailer coming out and talked about it. I stayed away from everything. And I almost, and I really, I've learned, not learned, but I've chosen to not do that that often. But there was something about Bruckner and hell like and it being hellraiser property that i was like i gotta know a little like i just have to get an idea hey look it's not the great hey look listen (laughs) um i it's not the it's not the greatest it's really good though like i I really enjoyed my i I, I really enjoyed my watch popcorn horror movie yeah the way i always say it is it's like it's easily in the top three of the hellraiser franchise but that's not exactly the highest bar that someone has to cross to to get in there but it's good it's really good (laughs) and actually you know i would i'm gonna give props to the, the to the movie in a way that i was sitting there watching it not trying i i I don't know even you know we are pretty objective viewers right Mm -hmm. But even being objective viewers, sometimes I think that we inevitably have to try to compare, right? I was sitting there being like, this is, you know, I know the Hellraiser lore, but I'm not really comparing it to any of the other movies or even Bark. I mean, I guess I was comparing it a little bit to like Barker's work and his themes. But like, Mm -hmm. I was kind of, I felt like I was really watching it through like new eyes. Whereas something like Leatherface or the new Texas Chainsaw, I couldn't Mm -hmm. not watch it through the eyes of having seen those other things like i don't know i had feel like i had one foot in one foot out and i don't think i chose to do that i think that the movie actually evoked that being like sure. you kind of you can kind of watch this through new eyes um and have i think that's what makes experience. a really good reboot yeah. I, absolutely no you know kind of like me, i mean and, and okay this this 
Mm. Let me let me. I would love to hear what you guys think about it because we haven't talked about it. Yeah, there's there's one thing that didn't sit well with me that I'm excited to talk about, but I want Scott to talk first. Well, I'm not gonna. I'll I'll refrain from full conversation, but I just want to say one thing about reboots or or you know like you know reinventing an uh, an original. um, I would just say this was straight up an adaptation of the Hellbound Heart. It was just a different adaptation. And I I liked that it expanded the lore a lot. I think that it's cool that Clive Barker liked it enough that he's going to expand upon the lore in in a book because that man has no desire to write horror anymore. So <laughs> no, he's good. Dog. He's good. And he hasn't for decades, but um, you know, like that's super cool. I love that. But um, what I, what I did want to say is that I think a good reboot is one. Now I'm not putting it on the same level as this movie, but I think a good reboot is one where people that love the original can come in and it doesn't feel like it's, leaning too heavily on the original, but then also new fans can come or new viewers can come in and they can really enjoy themselves without fear of missing out. And what it reminds me of in that sense is Evil Dead. Um, Because I think that Evil Dead uh, 2012, 2013 um, is, to me, that's a perfect reboot. I mean, like that is perfect reboot. I think that Fright Night is super close to being a perfect reboot. But yeah, like I just, I just, um, I think that a really good reboot is one where you don't have to know the lore to enjoy, but also if you do know the lore and you still can enjoy it and you can detach from that lore, that's a really good reboot. Yeah. And I think that Hellraiser really succeeds in that sense. Definitely. Uh, it has a lot of pitfalls otherwise. And yeah. I think that the, the, the pacing is is not is not terrible for a two-hour movie. I just think that it could have it could have shaved off 15 minutes and uh, been really good. Definitely. No, so, I, I feel the same. So this is a weird thing for me to complain about that didn't sit well with me with the new Hellraiser movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the goddamn women playing pin. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, Man, someone's going to take that little fucking bit. You're going to get canceled and I'm going to have to be the main host. I'm going to have to do all the editing. I'm going to have to post everything. Don't do this to me. The thing that actually didn't sit well with me in this movie is... One of the things that I found interesting with the first Hellraiser and with, um, to a certain extent, Hellbound uh, Hellraiser 2 is that for the most part, especially when we're talking about the Cenobites, the Cenobites only kill bad people. You know what I mean? Like It's like mm-hmm. bad people who have actively yeah, taken the true. risk to invite them into their, their world. Yeah. The girl's brother, like accidentally unknowingly being murdered by them so early in the movie, like really sat weird in my gut. Cause I'm like, that's just a totally innocent bystander who had nothing well, to do with any of this that's, shit. That's the difference is that with this iteration yeah. of Hellraiser, I, they're saying that they just have to have sacrifices. Yeah. They don't, oh. it's not like you, you called, we came. Yeah. Kind I'm of not thing. complaining a, about a bad adaptation whatsoever. I guess in my mind though, that, that for some reason that really bothered me because you know, like there's certain movies where you go into it and you're like, these characters are going to be killed, whether they're good people or bad people, because mm. that's the framework of this franchise. Yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. in my brain for the most part has never been 
a very Hellraiser franchise theme. Mm-hmm. You know what no, I mean? I, so no, I, I, I felt that too. It didn't take me out of the movie, but I was like, no. fuck, this bothers me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think like, it makes it, I think it makes it more dangerous for good people though. Yes. No, totally. And I and like that. <laughs> putting it in the framework of like somebody is an addict or a recovering addict in 12 step program, but there's also like, you know, a CD person in the 12 step, you know, there's like all of these, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things and not a CD person in a 12 step program, but like, you know, there's other people who are relying on you but you shouldn't rely on that. Like there was, I actually really enjoyed the relational dynamics of everybody mm-hmm. going into the story. You know, like I thought that that was, it was very believable. Like yeah. I was like, this is, these are, this is complicated. Like, you know, there's, there's complicated feelings uh, between brother and sister or between brother and boyfriend and sister or recovering addict and recovering at, there's just a lot of like, but it also just—it like, wasn't let it perfect be. writing, but I think that it was—it had its head definitely screwed on, screwed straight. on right for yeah. sure. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, but at the end of the day, it oh, was a damn it's... good movie. Like, okay. it, oh, what, yeah, was, I, favorite, I what was your favorite? So can we? Can, I mean, can we talk about our favorite Cenobite without spoiling anything? I think that we can. Probably dude, it's been vaguely. out for months. If yeah. you if you're Yo, listening at this point, fucking windbag you, killed me, dude. Windbag oh. was I was I loved it, and it felt. The the, yeah, well, no, the one that had the wheeze um, that ended up moving a little bit more. Oh, the silent. gasp! The yeah, gasp. the gasp. Um, yes. Excuse yeah. me, the, the gasp. Uh, who had more of like a Silent Hill movement, which really uh, Silent Hill. But but the 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 gasping actually audibly mm-hmm. when they came in and out of the scene was fucking killer. Yeah, yeah, I think that this movie did everything right when the Cenobites were on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's You know, I don't love some of the CGI. It was yeah. a little bit rough, but the amount of practical that they did in 2022 yeah. was just... Oh, especially like, such a love set, letter. especially like set practical too, like mm-hmm. yeah. allowing those walls to... Like oh, actually having yeah, those and moving And I love sets. that idea of that the labyrinth will come into the world. Into, yes. Basically line up spaces into the there was so much to love about it it was Um, there was there i'm just trying to be measured in my love for it because i think that there is room for improvement and i know they're going to do another one which is great i hope that they amp up the good and push back some of the negative in my opinion some of the negative is kind of putting people in situations that seem a bit contrived Mm -hmm. like the the brother but also that that is the silent hill of the movie where it's like you have to put the, the female protagonist in the position to go through with mm-hmm. things. So you get to see all the kills, you get to see right. the Cenobites, you get to see everything that happens. And if and they do just... part twos the way that we've talked about them, then it can be a fucking really good part two. <laughs> like, yeah. it can be also, did, you just, did you see the, um, the, the argument that everybody seems to have now that the Hell Priestess is Kirsty? Oh. No. No. But that's no. an interesting Kirstie Cotton is a, that, that a lot of people have, have, rallied behind that argument um or that fan theory I, it's not implied at all but no. um the the no. time frame matches and you know i think it's really interesting if they do that for the next hellraiser installment that'd be fantastic if they don't i'm still gonna have a good time right. and watch the day right. it fucking comes out you know right. that's interesting for me can i say the opposite watching experience was barbarian <laughs> well i haven't watched it yet and i do plan on watching it but, I, i'm not going to yeah. say anything about it i'm not having a conversation yes. about it on the show but yeah the uh i i liked what was it the asphorix was the the one that the was asnix, like the, yeah yeah i i enjoyed 
that one as far as Cenobites that we saw throughout the movie. I didn't like the mother. I thought that no, that was... The mother um, was whatever. It, well, first of all, it, it, that character wasn't on long enough to really like validate having it. And maybe some of it was left on the cutting room floor. I don't know. But also, if they really wanted to be transgressive, they should have done a lot more with the belly of the mother. Make it really fucked up. Mm. Like they... I feel like it was the... A super Dude, I actually... I honestly don't even know which Cenobite you're talking about. The it's mother. the ultimately like super pregnant one you see her for literally two seconds yeah um, when all of them are coming out of the walls you know it's like i just felt like it was too safe they were like oh we're gonna be transgressive we're gonna be transgressive oh we gotta step back from that one people aren't gonna like that i'm like if you're going fucking take the final step yeah. there i mean i i'm not saying it's like violent I, I don't want it to be like violence against babies or anything like that. I'm but, just saying, but like, don't, if you're don't stepping pussy there, out, fucking, like, or don't don't cower about it like halfway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't 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 just don't take a half step. Take yeah. a full step because I you don't. got people with flayed flesh everywhere. Yeah, you yeah. got like boobs falling off of bodies. You know, like, oh, everything. Come yeah, on. you like, kind of almost you kind of see a dick right at the end of the movie. Um, uh, sorry, uh, hold on, <laughs> that spoils everything. Uh, well, no, but no, I, you... I will say that the last we do see someone being turned into a Cenobite at the very end of the movie, and I'm Flight like, dicks. I cannot wait to see what the final result of this thing is. It did feel, it did feel the, like the main a, antagonist of the next yeah. one, I, and it did feel like a proper transition to what Hellbound heart like if we yes. even kind of follow mm -hmm. the similar themes of Hellbound like I was like oh yes like let's do this. I okay I remember seeing the mother I watched the second half of it during the daytime and mm. there was I, I mean it, it can't see anything it's a pretty but dark movie I also, but the, the, this is not a good movie to watch during the daytime because I watched it during the daytime and I swear that just the slight glare of sun on my yeah. TV screen made it hard to see certain parts yeah. of the movie. The, the body of the mother looks like the They Live reporter. Yes. <laughs> and I can't stop seeing it. <laughs> uh, anyway. Well, guys, thank you guys for talking. Thank you guys for waiting. And wait, wait, wait. I'm I have one thing beyond saying I didn't like Barbarian. Yeah. I want to say one thing I really did like. Yes. I've been watching Cabinet of Curiosities. Oh. Which is also nice. on Netflix. Um, and I... Love the theme song. I mean, I like it. I think that they're a little long. They could be 45 minutes instead of an hour and three minutes. And they'd be probably a little bit better pacing wise. But um, the theme song is so good that by the time this comes out, my metal cover of it will be ready. Nice. Because I'm going to finish it tomorrow. Ah, have, you, recording. What, what, uh, have you gotten to the autopsy episode is all I'm going to The autopsy ask. is, it's, it's untouchable. Like, <laughs> it's it, so fucking good. Fucking, it's, it's so good. <laughs> and, and I mean, it's got F. Murray Abram in it. Yeah. Like, you can't, I, you can't top that. You know I like the Christmas one too with my girl Kate Micucci. Yeah, but... from Sci uh, Garfunkel and Oates. Yeah, oh, I liked it a I lot. Like Garfunkel um, and Oates. I, I loved Garfunkel. that episode. I loved it so much. Um, yeah. And I, how many I episodes felt are like there? Eight, I think there six, are eight, eight, okay. eight or yeah. nine. I'm only on episode five right now. They did now some really I'm, weird I'm, with the release of that, which like. I don't know. Netflix is doing this weird. They're sticking their heels in the ground in a way that I don't like, where they're just like, we will not do weekly releases of shit. And I'm like, please do weekly releases of shit because you're dropping too much <laughs> Works shit. Works for literally every Everybody other else. streaming but, service. But for Cabinet of Curiosities, they did 
two episodes a day for a week. So it was like Tuesday was two episodes, Wednesday was two more episodes, Thursday was two more episodes, and Friday was two more episodes. I'm like, motherfucker, just spread it out. Like just start <laughs> like in September. Trying, it's like they're trying to get some like they're trying to get viewers addicted to a thing that they can't make anybody addicted to because there's too much no. of it on and the I, market anyway. <laughs> like, and I don't and understand. Cares. This, this is my last statement on Netflix because this is we've been on so many tangents this episode. But like for a company who's literally just watching their stock plummet on a regular basis, you would think that something that forces people to stay subscribed to their platform to watch the show that they like makes way more sense. Like... It's like, yeah, because everyone else otherwise is just going to cancel their subscription and then re-sign up when the new season of Stranger Things drops or something. But yep. like, if Stranger Things is stretched out across two, three months because you're dropping the episodes once a week, guess what? There's three months that they have to pay for your thing. Right. Like, it's just, right. from a right. business standpoint, it just makes sense. Listen, if Math Kelly has it right, <laughs> you, guys, you guys need to listen. God damn it. All right. Well. This was a very angry but fun episode that went <laughs> way longer than I had any imagination it could possibly go on John Carpenter's Vampires from 1998. Next week, it's Christmas, motherfuckers. So strap in. Ho, ho, ho. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.